Hey everyone, it is Matt from the Medusa Metacast, and I wanted to record something uh, short just to upload today. Uh, Derek and I recorded an episode earlier today. I had the camera equipment already set up, so I figured I would record an extra little tidbit. And the reason why I'm doing it is because I recorded um, a little, I guess, upload, whatever they're called, on the wisdom app that I was uh, very fortunate to be asked to be part of um, last year sometime when it came out on Android by the organizers of that app to be a top mentor on it. And I've been playing around with it so far. I'm having a pretty good time with it. I have some people following me. I hope that they like what it is that I'm producing. Um, and uh, I upload, you know, 20 to 30 minute stuff uh, or little talks at a time on that platform. And I uh, made reference to that talk to a few friends of mine, and they actually really liked the story. Uh, they thought that it was a compelling story, an interesting one, and that it had a good lesson in it. And so I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe I will share it with other people, for those of you that don't have the Wisdom app, or maybe just don't know that I'm on it, uh, because it's not a story that I've really shared with anyone before, and I usually describe it to people as the best advice that I never took. So... I'll just get into the story because I already gave you enough of kind of a preamble there. Um, I was in college um, after attending university for one year and subsequently leaving um, after having been in high school for six years. Now, the details associated with my high school and my university, um, I guess, tenures, if you want to call them that, um, aren't really the focus of this particular episode, but I will say that I ended up in college in policing, uh, police foundations at Sheridan College in Brampton, uh, because I wanted to pursue a career that I found uh, to be redemptive in some way. So for those unaware, um, and I do elaborate a little bit more on this in my book that I have coming out, hopefully in June sometime, uh, but at a point in my life, I had every intention of becoming a vigilante. Um, now, you aren't um, confused about what I mean by that word. I mean, I literally wanted to become a vigilante that would interfere with, you know, criminal activity. I would uh, engage in violence, um, whatever it took in order to, you know, hold people accountable and bring them to justice. Um, no, I'm not a big comic book person, so I didn't get the idea from there. Um, although when you are sick, right, and you have uh, mental health problems, there are some things that you consider doing um, such as homicidal ideation that are very rare, uh, generally speaking, when it comes to um, uh, mental illness, but nevertheless, they still do exist. And I was uh, someone that fantasized about that. Now, I don't have a problem sharing that. That doesn't bother me. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because after I had become better, after I had become well, I knew that my uh, desire to engage in that type of life was wrong. I know that it was incorrect. It was an immoral path. And it's not for any particularly religious reason. I'm not really a religious person, but I do know quite a deal about ethics. And I think a great deal about whether or not what I'm doing is right or wrong or just. Um, and I try to appreciate the broader context. And I decided that 
what I was doing or what I had planned to do was immoral. Now, people that do things that are wrong, it's very common for them to pick redemptive things to carry out or to engage with in order in some way to make amends, right? Or have atonement for their perceived sins. It's a great deal of trying to either forgive yourself or trying to earn the forgiveness of everyone else, right? Because you may have done something that would have caused them harm or caused them to perceive you in a light that may have caused them harm or discomfort. Now, I went into policing very explicitly because I was seeking to make amends for my potential conduct that I had um, potentially engaged in prior. I did a lot of other um, things. I made a lot of other bad choices during that time, um, some of which still haunt me to this day. And uh, I do elaborate a little bit more on that in um, the book that I have coming out. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I wanted to become a public servant because I found it to be a pathway towards redemption to serving my community and the broader context um, in order to make amends uh, for the possible sin that I may have committed. Now, I was in that program and many of my peers didn't think I belonged in that program. And it's not for anything to do with intelligence or anything like that. It has everything to do with my interests and my personality. And I wanted to share what happened in a leadership course that I had when I was there. Um, there was a grizzled uh, veteran of the police service in correctional facilities that was retired. And he was my teacher in the leadership course. We were all assigned, um, you know, different groups. Uh, actually, I don't remember now if we were assigned if we chose groups. So forgive me if I'm wrong there. Um, but the topics, we were not assigned. We were actually told by the teacher we could pick to do a presentation on whatever topic we wanted. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, we're in a program for policing. Everything that we're doing in every course has to do with communities or with sociology or with policing or investigation or, um, you know, the law and government. And so while I did like that stuff at the time, it is nice to kind of have a deviation. You know, maybe we can end up doing something fun here. And I verified with the teacher, hey, um, when you said we could do it on anything, did you really mean anything? And he said, Absolutely. If you want to do it on any topic, it doesn't have to be in law enforcement. Um, you can go ahead and do that. And I said, all right, cool. So by the time um, I got that answer, we had already selected our groups and I leaned in close with my groups. You know, I said, hey, I have an idea. And they said, what's that? And I said, well, um, I think everyone else in the class is going to pick a law related topic. And the reason why I think that is because many people that age, they're going to take a game theoretical approach. And they think that by picking a law-related or police-related topic and presenting it, even when given the option to pick anything they want, they're going to do that because they're going to, in some way, think that they're going to be convincing the teacher that they're that dedicated to the topic right? Or that dedicated to their future career or prospects. And I said, 
We're not going to do that. We're going to do something fun, and we're going to be the only one who's actually going to do something different, because I had already overheard some of the topics that people were selecting, and they were all law enforcement related. And they said, okay, what are we going to do it on? You know, how can we all possibly agree on one topic that has a, you know, a a feature or framework that has nothing to do with the thing that has united us here. And I leaned in and I raised my eyebrow and I said, we're going to do it on snakes. And they all looked at me puzzled and they said, are you sure? Uh, Did you say snakes? And I said, we're absolutely going to do it on snakes. And they said, why are we going to do it on snakes? And I said, it's very easy. It's very simple. We're going to do it on snakes because snakes are very cool. They toe the line between fascinating and fear. They are part of the primal fears that humans have, but we can't help but be interested in them and the way they move. Many people are fascinated about the prospect of handling one or would never handle one. Or maybe they might if the circumstances were safe enough and they presented themselves. I said, that is going to prey on the interest of the class and they're going to be captivated by the subject. And I said, and I think that I can figure out a way that each person in this group can contribute something that will actually be within your wheelhouse of personal interests. And they said, how are we going to do that? I said, no problem. I chose the most venomous ones for myself because I had an interest in biology and evolution and I wanted to figure out the 10 most venomous snakes, talk about the different types of uh, venoms they have and which ones would be the most deadly. So I chose that one. There was a group member I had who loved vacationing. She talked about it all the time and there were many, many places that she had been to before. So I asked her, I said, well, before you go to any of these places, do you ever look up like anything that might be concerning if you wanted to go like off a resort, if that was the type of place? Or let's say you're going to a foreign country and you don't know what the wildlife is like. And she's like, yeah, I've done that on occasion. And I said, well, how about this? Look up all of the destinations that have indigenous snakes there and the degree to which they are venomous or dangerous to humans. And then you can create a top 10 list of the the best places to go for people if they want to avoid encountering snakes or being fearful of them. Or you can do the opposite and say, here are the places you should go if you want to encounter a snake and this is where they are, right? Or do five of each. And she can that way look up travel and she can also cover the topic and she herself would probably benefit from that because well she is someone that might either fear or be fascinated by snakes and i didn't know that about her but she can figure that out right i had another friend of mine we joked a lot he was very interested in chasing women around um, in class or at the college fair enough we probably all were to that extent at that age but we like to rass him about it and i said do you know how snakes have sex? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, neither do I. I have no idea how they have sex. And I said, you know what? I bet not many other people do either. Or at least how they would inseminate one another, right? Whatever the case is. And I said, you're going to look up how snakes procreate, right? Whether or not they have any courtship, whether or not it's violent, whether or not there's anything 
um, interesting or compelling about it, but you're going to explain it to people and you can even make it fun, right? You can do like a skit and have like hand puppets with snakes or socks or I think he ended up using Mr. Submarine sandwich bags and drew a face on them. And we're going to call it Snacks. And that was a name that I was very happy that I came up with. I was pretty proud of it, you know, combining snake and sex. I'm probably... Um, probably too proud of that than I have any business deserving. But either way, that's what I called it. Uh, I think this was in 2004. So we did that and I ended up, you know, assigning similar things like that to the other group members. Presentation day comes. I do an intro skit. I pretend that I'm Steve Irwin, right? Um, who had a very well-known um, nature show, right? The Australian, I'm not sure if he was an actual biologist or just someone that um, was interested in pursuing and studying animals, but he had a very um, well-known show. He unfortunately passed away um, due to a, a very um, a very sad accident. Um, and uh, But his show is very popular. And I put on my best Australian accent, which was terrible, by the way. Uh, I had even shaved my head then, so I wore a shaggy blonde wig at the time with a hat to keep it on. Um, and I did a skit pretending that I was him, tracking down a snake, and ultimately got into a fight with it. And it was pretty funny. I thought it was an interesting way to introduce the subject. And that is how that played out. Everything was delivered. And everyone in the class loved it. I even had a colleague of mine who owned a ball python as a pet. He had him as a pet bring it in so that if people wanted to, they could pet a very uh, small snake that was in his care that was docile. And they could have like a really interesting kind of experience, right? You know, kind of like a show and tell pet mini petting zoo as part of a college presentation. And uh, I was really happy with how it turned out. And my uh, teacher was doing our debriefings after, going to each group respectively, asking, you know, this is a leadership course. So what he was assessing was the um, way that we organized ourselves, how we picked certain people to do certain things. Was there someone that emerged, you know, over the others to guide the team? Um, were people favorable with it? You know, how do we interact with one another? And we all got the same mark. It was a group mark. It's not as if someone got better because they were a leader. And when he asked that question, I like to think of myself as someone who likes to give credit where credit is due. And my partners did work very hard on their respective uh, uh, topics and parts of the presentation. And they, uh, you know, still... I suppose, guided the teacher's direction and attention towards me as being the initiator of the topic. You know, I was the one that said we should not do one that was law enforcement related, which we were the only one who did not, um, and picked the topic and assigned the things. And then we all had a blast and it was fun. And uh, the class really liked it. And we got an A plus on our project. And when he found out that it was me that had orchestrated all of that and he saw me do the you know intro pretending to be steve Irwin, even though it was probably pretty bad he said matt i'm gonna give you advice and i know you're not gonna take it and i said oh well what is it, what is it you know like what number one i'm curious but like why would you say it like that and uh he said don't go into law enforcement because 
your talents will be wasted there. Now, I understand what my teacher was trying to do, right? I had obviously conducted myself in a manner that seemed probably out of the ordinary to what many students in programs like that would be keen on doing or maybe excel at doing. I'm not saying I know which one it is, but his opinion was that I was not the type of person that should end up in law enforcement. Now, I had difficulty with that piece of advice because if you recall, I told you that the reason I wanted to get into public service, and in this instance, I was in a policing program, was because I was seeking a path of redemption and atonement. You know, it was meaningful for, for me to try to do this type of thing as recompense uh, for myself, right? And for everyone that I thought I may have placed in harm's way as a result of the choices that I made, but ultimately did not follow through on. So when you're hearing from someone that genuinely appears to have your best interest at heart, giving you advice that seems to almost completely guide you in a different direction, I had a very difficult time trying to figure out what to do with that. Ultimately, I ended up becoming a public servant. For those of you that have seen other videos of mine, you may have seen me mention that. Now, this brings up a very interesting question, okay? I'm confronted with the dilemma. Do I pursue as a career what I'm being led to believe by my teacher is something that I'm maybe talented at, right? Maybe being creative or being free-spirited or caring about humor and, you know, not being constrained by bureaucracy. Or do I try to pursue a path that I want to for some reason because I like the field or I have another reason that I'm interested in pursuing it, you know? Do you do you follow your talents or your passions? Because those are often not the same thing. And so that ultimately is what I struggled with. Now, before I tell you what I think the answer is, I wanted to share um, something else with you. And there was a talk that was given uh, by Corey Taylor, uh, who is the lead singer of the band Slipknot and Stone Sour. And he was asked, I don't remember offhand if it was at Cambridge University in the UK or Oxford. I don't recall offhand, my apologies. But he was invited by a student group there. I don't remember which student group it was, but it was to talk about, you know, occupations and career paths. And he was able to pick the topic. And um, he attended and gave about a 40 or 45 minute talk, if I recall correctly. It should be on YouTube if you want to look it up and you can you can listen to it. Um and he chose the topic, what should you choose to do in life? Should you choose to do what you like or should you choose to do what you're good at? And I will summarize his talk for you. He concluded that it would always be a better bet to choose to pursue what you're good at. Now, 
I'm not sure how many of you thought that would be an obvious conclusion, and I'm not sure how many of you would think that the opposite would be an obvious conclusion. You know, obviously pursue what you like, what you're passionate about. And here's his rationale, though, for his uh, his actual choice here, his conclusion. He believed that if you pursued what you liked, but were not actually good at, you're going to end up in a field surrounded by other people that may have pursued it because they were good at it, but maybe didn't like it, or they were both good at it and they liked it. And what will become very noticeable to you and everyone else during your career is that you're really not that good at it. And what's going to happen is, is you are going to have a really hard time getting promotions. You're going to have a hard time competing, depending what field you're in. And it's going to stifle any type of potential you have to grow in that field because it's an industry or a career you've already found yourself in. And as a result, you're actually going to stop liking it. And so the thing that you pursued that you liked, but maybe you weren't that good at, now you won't be good at it and you won't like it. But alternatively, let's say now that you pursued a career or an industry that you happen to be good at. Well, you're going to end up in an industry you're good at. And now you're going to have the other groups of people that I just mentioned, which are you're going to have people that are in it because they like it, but maybe they're not that good at it that you're competing with or People that, you know, maybe are good at it and are passionate about it, that can work out, right? But if you're naturally gifted at something, you're going to start to notice that and you're going to compare yourself to other people who maybe not be as gifted as you in it. And that's going to make you more competitive and you're going to start liking it because it's very uh, confirming, right? It's very empowering and encouraging to see that actually, hey, I'm good at this, you know? I didn't first think I would like it, but maybe now I love it because it makes me feel powerful, right? It makes me feel in control. I'm competent in a way. And I like it now, and I like it more than I would have ever liked the other thing that I liked that maybe I wasn't that good at. And so he thought, it was an easy decision, but he thought it was a worthwhile discussion topic because young people, we all struggle with that type of choice. Number one, we we struggle to figure out what we're even good at, right? If there was any good reason to try as many things as possible, it's simply to figure out what maybe you have a proclivity for or a talent for, because maybe you haven't noticed what it is yet, but everyone's good at something and you need to figure that out. Once you figure that out, a good strategy, according to me and according to Corey Taylor, which, you know, you can take our word for as little or as much as you would like, it's going to be to pursue what it is that you're good at. Now, in my career, I'm good enough at what I do um, in my um, specific position, but it's not what I was born to do. It's not what I'm gifted at. And although I don't regret making the decision I made because it was made, as far as I could tell, with the best information I had at the time, trying to balance that with my uh, guilt and my emotions that I was experiencing, and I have learned a lot in my, in my job, but if I had pursued what I was naturally good at 16 years ago, 
when I first got hired on my job, I would probably be somewhere very different right now. And I would probably be flourishing in a very different way. And it would be in a way that is probably far more likely to coincide with what I'm naturally gifted at. And I wouldn't be constrained in the way that maybe someone like me wouldn't prefer. Now, the other thing to mention is I spoke with Derek before and Derek um, pursued a degree in psychology so he could actually practice and treat children. You may have heard him um, discuss that or share that before. And I was talking to him, you know, about the choices he made because he no longer does that either. He has made a choice to um, change occupations. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel like that and I have for quite some time. Like maybe I've just chosen the wrong path here. I should have played to my strengths. And he said, well, you know, you and I both got into our jobs, our professions, and we were educated uh, in the pursuit of redemption. And he said, unfortunately for us, redemption isn't a career. And that is something that Derek said to me, um, not even all that long ago, that I will probably never forget. And that is something that I think everyone should heed, which is no one's perfect and we all make mistakes, but you should try to find meaningful ways to redeem yourself if you feel it's necessary, but don't dedicate your life to a career, to a way to make money, to a way to make a living, to find stability um, by injecting redemption into that. Pursue in life what it is that you are good at, and you will eventually like it if you don't already. You'll be able to compete better, you'll be able to improve your competence, and you'll feel at peace because you will feel like you belong where it is that you are in your element. And you won't have to face the regret that maybe you made the wrong choice because you pursued a passion or you pursued redemption. And so that's what I have to say. That is the best advice that I never took. And hopefully anyone that listens to this um, will maybe find this helpful and you can try to make the best choice for yourself. As usual, I hope everyone's doing well. Take care of yourselves and one another. Talk soon. See ya.